Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Matthew, chapter 5. I love the church. I love the church because it's defined as the body of Christ. In Colossians, chapter 1, we read that Christ is the head of the church, and we are his body. We can discover that truth in Romans, chapter 12, where twice in that passage of Scripture, we are told that we though being many, are one body in Christ. We could expand on that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where 14 times we read, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, through me, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For we are one spirit. We've all been baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We've all been made to drink one spiritual drink. I love the church because as his body, we've been appointed to be his ambassadors. I love the church because we are chosen, chosen as a royal priesthood, a holy nation to represent the Lord of Lords. I love the church. Because we are designed to be visible in Christ. Now we are a purposed people. We've been given a mission. We've been given assignment. We have a cause. But not because of what we are to do. But all because of who we are. Our text is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And here in Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 13, we read these words. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it in a basket but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Verse 13 and verse 14 say, You are, you yourselves as individuals are belong have this character and then jesus uses two very common elements you are salt you are light if we were to put one word over what jesus is saying we would use the word influencers you and i are to go into our world and influence our world for the honor and glory of god we have been tasked because of who we are. Now, salt and light are different. Salt is subtle. It's an internal commitment that works from within. Light is obvious. It's an external example. And all see it. Now, as influences, our character comes from Christ. His body, and He is the head. And so we need to identify what Christ looks like and we need to follow that pattern. 
Our focus this morning is on light. And as we see the wonder of Christ, we discover very quickly that he is identified a number of different ways. In John chapter 1, he is identified as the living word. In John chapter 4, he is the living water. John's gospel chapter 6 says that he is the bread of life. And in John chapter 10, we read that he is the door and the good shepherd. I'm so thankful that in John chapter 11, he is identified as the resurrection and the life. And all these identities help us focus on the character of Christ. One of the precious truths of Scripture is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. If we were to take time to go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, we would discover as Joseph and Mary presented Christ in the temple, it was Simeon who said this, This child is light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of God's people Israel. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And he also said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 12, he said, I am come as a light to the world. I want you now to listen as the Peters family reads for us John chapter 1, the first 13 verses. And as they read that text for us, I want you to think about the description of Christ as the light of the world. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 13. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light, but was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, has come into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Just as John's gospel gives to us the foundation for the ministry of Christ. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And as Christ now identifies for us in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world. We start to get a picture and an understanding that this is who we are and what we have called to be. You know, throughout Scripture, God's people have been defined as light. Light walkers and light givers. In Romans chapter 13, we read this. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the words of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. 
Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light, and the Lord walk as children of light. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the promises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And in 1 John, we read these words. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yes, we are to be light walkers and light givers. Because we have been called to be the light of the world. I think it's interesting to understand that there is a great contrast between light walkers and dark walkers. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 82, they know not, neither will they understand. Why? Because they walk in darkness. In Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon addressed the way of the evil. Men of perverted speech. And he said that those are identified as ones who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. You see, the contrast between light and darkness is this. People who walk in light have direction. People who walk in darkness walk in confusion. People who walk in light have importance and represented the wonder of a calling in their lives. People who walk in darkness have insignificance and really have no understanding of who they are. People who walk in light are people of comfort. People who walk in darkness are people of concern. People who walk in light are people of safety. People who walk in darkness are people who are prone to danger. And people who walk in light are powerful, penetrating individuals. And people who walk in darkness are cold and, and chilling. You see, you and I are to be people of light. Because that is who we are. And Christ has called us to live that out. In our worlds. Now in our text there are two very obvious truths. Principles if you will. Verse 14 says you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. A city by day or by night. If it's set on a hill you'll notice it. You'll see it. Houses, buildings are Part of the landscape and stand out for all to recognize. Populations live, move about, support the cities. And at night, the lights of the city provide a beacon for all. You are the light of the world. And as a light, you are designed to show that light. To those with whom you come in contact. 
There's a second obvious truth. It's found in verse 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. The second truth is this. You don't light a lamp and try to hide it. You light a lamp so that it can light the whole house. In the same way that cities on a hill cannot be hidden, lights are designed to illuminate and to give direction. Now, many of us have experienced this just in recent days. Wednesday afternoon, as I was here at the church, the power went out. And I was on a phone call when that happened, and my computer went to battery backup. And so I sat at my desk and took care of that which was going on on the phone. And when the lights did not come, come back in, I, I left the office area and found Connie and Brenda and discovered that this was going to be more than just a very temporary thing. I went home, discovered that we too had lost our electrical power. And for the rest of Wednesday, all of Thursday, all of Friday, and even up until Saturday morning, we kept checking the information that was posted at Consumers Energy. And if you were in that situation and checked that energy, you understood that there was a real moving target about when power would be restored. On Wednesday, it was 5.30 in the afternoon. Not so bad. After 5.30, it was early on Thursday morning. Then it was late on Thursday night. And then finally it ended up on Saturday morning as we checked the information. Power was not scheduled to be restored until 11 o'clock Saturday evening. Connie and I were in bed about 6 o'clock when we discovered that posting, and we looked at each other and said, okay. I said to Connie, well, I'm going to get clothes, and I'm going to go to the, the church, and I'm going to get a shower there, and I'm going to get ready for all of my Saturday activities. And she thought that was a pretty good idea. But as I was just swinging my feet over the bed and getting ready to get up and work my plan, our bedroom closet light came on. And by 6 o'clock Saturday morning, power had been restored. Consequently, our well pump was working, and I was able to shower and get ready for my assigned tasks and go on with my day. You see, if it wasn't for lights, we would lose direction. We would no longer be able to function as well as we want to. We'd spend evenings around flashlights and or candles. 
and we would not be able to take care of our normal everyday tasks that we are so thankful for. Two very obvious truths. You can't hide a city that's on a hill. And you don't take a candle and put it under a basket because light is intended to be beneficial to all who come in contact with it. This morning, I want to give you five ideas about how you can live out the truth that you and I, as part of the body of Christ, are to be the light of the world. First of all, we need to let our lights shine. Why? Because this was intended for our lives. Now, in Jesus' day, there was some work that had to be done in order for the lights to shine. The wicks had to be trimmed. If there was a covering over the light, it had to be clean. And a person had to make sure that they lighted the wick so that it could provide what it was intended to do. As you let your light shine, is it shining as brightly as it should? Has the wick been trimmed? Has the globe been cleaned? Or are there things in your life that dim your testimony? That do not allow the, the wonder of who you are to shine through? We need to let our lights shine as they were intended to do. We need to invest personally in people. It is so, so important that we recognize that we are the ones who people identify as lights. Over the past several days, I've been in contact with Aaron. He lives across the street from me, and both of us have spent more time outside. And as we've done that, We've developed a, a connection with each other. Yesterday, my other neighbors were walking down the road, and I stopped and talked with them. They stopped and talked with me. Stan and Sue, who live at the end of our cul-de-sac. We shared in each other's lives just very briefly over the last several days. You see, you and I need to look for these opportunities. We need to understand what they are and where they're coming from. We need to look beneath the surface. Now, you understand that I am kind of an introvert. N not really. Wednesday morning, I went and had my annual wellness visit at my doctor. And one of the things that they do at my wellness visit is they extract blood so that they can run tests. The gal who was there looked at my left 
arm tapped it and got a vein as she had put a strap around my bicep and went after my blood. It didn't work. The vein rolled on her and she wasn't able to get what she needed. I was thankful that she said, I'm going to go get somebody else to try this. A gal came in and she did it to my right arm, put the band around my bicep, tapped it, and was able to get what she needed right away. And now I'm sitting there with a Band-Aid here and a Band-Aid here. At least I'm symmetrical. And I said to that gal, I said, thank you so much for getting that. I was not looking forward to being stuck again. She said, no problem. I said, how are you handling COVID-19? We shared. I said, what can I be praying with you about? And we did just that. You see, people are all around us. And you and I need to take opportunity wherever we are to let our lights shine. In order to do that, we have to invest personally in people. We need to get out from underneath the basket and put ourselves on light stand. Jesus in the Great Commission said, All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all people. Who are you discipling? Who are you ministering to? Who are you sharing with? Where are you sowing seeds that the power of the gospel can make a difference in somebody's life? We have to get out from underneath the basket and put ourselves on a light stand. Now, that may be uncomfortable. But that's what we were intended to do because of who we are. Acts chapter 1. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be testimonies, witnesses, ambassadors. This is who you are. We need to make sure that we were out from underneath the basket. We need to help others. This is a way that we can be involved. No matter what their age, no matter what their importance, no matter what their circumstance, no matter what their demographic, you and I need to make sure that we are coming alongside those who are struggling and those who are hurting. As I read the Gospels, I am reminded of a parable that Jesus told. It's a parable of a good Samaritan. And in that parable, there was a man making a journey who fell among thieves. He was robbed and he was beaten and he was left by the side of the road. As you hear the words of Jesus, you very quickly discover that two religious people Walked by, noticed the man, and kept on going. And finally, a Samaritan stopped and ministered to him. You see, folks, you and I have answers. We have 
resources. We have the truth that we can share in people's lives who are hurting and around us. This whole culture, this whole world, in every corner of our community, people are hurting. See a need, meet a need. Be prepared to make a difference in somebody's life. And tell somebody about Jesus. The truth is, God did not give us the gospel in order for us to keep it a secret. May I direct your attention to the screen, please? Will you read this with me? In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light, you are the light of the world, shine before others so that they may see, recognize vision, direction, understanding, your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I like the way the Amplified Bible translates this verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence, your praiseworthiness, your noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt, we are covenant people obedient to the whole law of Jesus Christ to live it out in our lives. Light, our personal character, living out the Beatitudes and recognizing that visibly we have a testimony. We are the salt. That's our internal. We are the light. That's our external. And as they come together, people will see our good works, and be pointed to our Heavenly Father. That's our impact. John MacArthur has, has written this. By its very nature and by definition, light must be visible in order to illuminate. Christians must be more than a largely indirect influence, that of salt. They must be a direct and noticeable instrument of light. You see, here it is. We will never change our world by going to church. We will only change our world by being the church. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world.